This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 23, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Development in Africa is a vexing problem, but not one beyond solving. Far from the models of aid pushed in Washington and other capitals, trade and institutional change from within Africa are thus far the only proven ways to give those countries sustained growth. So says Cato policy analyst Marion Tupi, author of a forthcoming paper on the new push for African development. There's no positive correlation between aid and economic growth globally, but I think that it can be shown reasonably well that there is a negative correlation between aid and uh, economic growth in Africa. Um, between 1975 and 2005, uh, in other words, over a period of 30 years, Africa was given, on average, $24 uh, per capita per year in foreign aid. And yet, incomes per capita in Africa over that period of time, over those 30 years, actually declined by 5%. So in other words, what we have seen is in much of Africa, incomes stagnate, and in some parts of Africa, actually, incomes decline uh, in in recent decades. Uh, in some countries, incomes are lower than what they were in 1960, and that is a remarkable failure of the uh, of the approach to economic development in Africa in the last half a century. You say that trade liberalization is going to be the key to uh, pulling many of these African countries out of poverty. Why has there been so little progress? on expanding trade? Well, I, what I would say is that our, meaning Western, focus on aid and debt relief to Africa creates an impression that it is what Western countries do, what rich countries do, that really matters uh, when it comes to alleviation of poverty on the African continent. And what the paper claims is this is not so, um, much of the heavy lifting, in fact, most of the heavy lifting will have to be done by Africans who will have to change their policies and institutions. It's really the policies and institutions which are um, vitally important uh, to getting Africa out of poverty. What the West can do is to reduce our Western tariff barriers on African goods, and uh, we can stop protecting our agricultural sectors, uh, therefore allowing Africans to compete against our farmers uh, on better terms. So instead of focusing on aid and debt relief, let's focus on what we can do to help Africa. And I'm afraid that there is very little that we can do, but what we can certainly do is to open up or liberalize our trade relations with Africa and stop protecting our agriculture. That is what we can do. What Africans have to do uh, in order to prosper is to address the policy and institutional problems on the continent. What incentives are operating that work against achieving that goal of changing institutions from the ground up within Africa? Well, um, the fact is that very many, possibly most African countries today, are run by elites that are not answerable uh, to the publics in African countries. In other words, these are corrupt, predatory elites, uh, people who live off foreign aid or alternatively predation on the people. So 
they have an incentive to maintain the status quo because status quo benefits them. Uh, they are able to steal money either from foreign aid or alternatively from the productive side of the African economy. Um, and therefore, I think that in the long run, uh, what uh, what will have to happen if, if Africa is to have more representative governments uh, that will be answerable and accountable to the African people will have to have a, a much greater growth of civil society on the African continent, a much more independence of the media. Um, we'll need to have greater dissemination of uh, information. Uh, and uh, this is already happening, but it will have to happen uh, to a greater degree. There will have to be a certain critical mass of uh, uh, civic um, anger at uh, at the way that African governments behave. What have some African governments done to become successful and achieve sustained growth that others can emulate? Well, among the usual success stories uh, are Mauritius and Botswana. Mauritius uh, in the 1970s instituted its first uh, free trade zones or free economic zones um, and uh, benefited greatly from uh, greater economic liberalism. And uh, Botswana was a country which, uh, yes, is heavily dependent on uh, export of diamonds and uh, uh, its uh, uh, parts of its agriculture. But um, the fact is that in Botswana, um, the discovery of mineral wealth has not led to the kind of perverse effects that we've seen in the rest of African continent. Whereas in much of the rest of Africa, uh, discovery of gold and diamonds and oil has led to civil strife, corruption, war and repression. In, in Botswana, uh, the discovery of, of diamonds has not led to those uh, negative consequences. Instead, the government of Botswana used uh, the money in order to improve education, infrastructure, and so on. And um, one of the uh, perhaps uh, easiest or uh, one of the most uh, obvious reasons uh, that had been offered in order to explain the Botswana success story is that Botswana had a democracy and a democratic uh, political setting before diamonds were found. Uh, much like, uh, say, for example, Norway or Britain, where democracies before the discovery of oil. And um, in, in much of the rest of Africa, the discovery of natural resources preceded establishment of uh, democratic structures. And that may have had bad consequences for the subsequent history of those countries. What indication is there that the World Bank and IMF will be sensitive to these particular needs in terms of how the West ought to be acting and what African countries ought to be doing to achieve some sort of sustained growth. The World Bank and the IMF spring meetings happen over the weekend. Uh, my paper uh, on the Golden Eagle Summit and uh, on uh, the failure of aid and debt relief is coming um, coming out on uh, Friday. And uh, obviously the argument I'm trying to uh, push is that aid and debt relief will not solve African problems. But I'm afraid that over the weekend, the IMF and the World Bank will be debating the exact opposite, how to make sure that uh, more money can be sent to Africa in foreign aid, uh, how to make sure that debt relief is speeded up. And um, 
Uh, I'm afraid that uh, the World Bank and the IMF have uh, their own incentives why uh, they wish to pursue uh, the the model, the economic model for Africa they've pursued so far, which uh, unfortunately had not been successful. And that is to say that, of course, the World Bank and the IMF have to justify their own existence. And uh, uh, by remaining in the business of uh, aid and debt, uh, they can go on explaining to the world why they should not only continue to exist, but be also eligible for more money in the future. Cato Institute policy analyst Marion Tupi is author of a forthcoming Cato paper on African development. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.